The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, January 5th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend, and Brenda just told me to turn that frown upside down. That's right. You were already, before the show even started, said, uh, this is going to be a two-cup day. You could already tell. Let's get the coffee going. I'm going to need it today. The wind was howling last night. Did it keep you up? Disturbed your sleep? Pounding against the house. I heard the little flaps on your vents on the roof blowing and... Our power flickered several times. We never lost power, thankfully. You know, I checked the uh, PG&E Portland weather map, and considering how windy it was, there was less than 4,000 people without power. That's surprising. 3,600, I think is what it said. I was real surprised with that. So great job to all of those workers. They were probably out. When I was driving to work today, though, I kind of take a little back route to get over to I-5, and there on Highway 99 in Vancouver, there were some police cars. I couldn't tell if it was a cable that connected the uh, street light, the, yeah. the signal, or if it was an electrical line that was down. But I could see right in front of where the, through the police lights, there was a big wire hanging all the way yeah. down, hitting the uh, the ground. So uh, they don't want anybody, you could drive, you'd drive right under it. Right. It, it would hit your car. So I don't know uh, what the case was, but it seemed to be all under control there. Just looking out the window right now, it just looks dark. Oh, well, it, well yeah. it is dark, but I mean, it looks darker, <laughs> looks darker than normal. I can't tell if there's power out. Hopefully we won't have any technical issues because I know we had power surges. When I came in this morning, my computer was off. off I had so. to restart it. So I know we got a power surge because it kicked it off and those sorts of things. So knock on knock wood. Knock on wood. Why are you hitting there. your head? That's true. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to wake up. That's the reason. Knock on wood. There, yeah, sure. If you're out driving this morning, be careful because when I was coming in, and I, I kind of live in a treed area, there were branches all over the place. I had to swerve several times to avoid big limbs that were right in the middle of the road. So again, if you're out there, be careful driving today. Not as bad as the San Francisco Bay Area. They got hit with the bomb cyclone. I have never heard that term before, bomb cyclone. They were calling it. I looked at a map. Uh, we think we get a lot of rain. Yeah. They they took a year's worth of rain oh. and got it in just a few hours, yeah. it seems like. High surf, high wind, and so it's expected to be that way, at least heavy rains, into this evening, as I saw from the weather service. So if you're heading down to the Bay Area today, yeah, just be prepared because I think it's going to be a little bit messy down in that area. So that's what we're at. That's the weather. There you go. Well, thank you so much for that. So be prepared. (laughs) I think it's maybe it's going to be breezy here today, but not like it was blowing last night. It did. I mean, it literally... it Kept did. It blew really hard. We didn't lose power in, in our home, but in our neighborhood, there's a neighbor and he lives around the corner uh, from our home. But our fences kind of hit the corner of his fence yeah. hits the corner of ours. He's got some very tall oak trees. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just feel I mean, if one of those trees went down, it would go 
probably a couple of blocks. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't hurt his house. It hurt his house, his neighbor's house, the house across the street, probably the house next to them. Uh, we were out there looking, and uh, it, it survived. That's good. Um, but I think our tree, the more I look at it, I'm wondering if our tree, or I think it's a maple in our front yard. Right. It dropped a big branch I remember a that. few yeah. weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, we got to get an arborist to come out and look at it. If there were leaves on this tree... I don't know that it would have survived <laughs> last night's storm, so we'll see. Yeah, we've got several fir trees in the neighbor's yard in front of us, and those always, I'm always watching those. And that's where all of, when I am when I talk about cleaning up the front yard area, it's usually for <laughs> off of those trees. Those trees. Because they blow the boughs down, and then, you know, they get all over the place. But, hey, you know what? They're beautiful. They certainly are. That's right. So that's, that's where we live. So enjoy it, and uh, hopefully a little calmer day today. What do you have coming up today? Well, he was a great master of catechesis. Pope Francis reflects on the legacy of Pope Emeritus Benedict in his last Wednesday audience before presiding over his funeral. I'll have an update on that, plus some of the things that happened in the Vatican today, the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict the 16th. All right, look forward to hearing about that and some big cuts in the tech world. So we'll tell you what's happening there. All right, we got a great show ahead for you on this Thursday morning. We're going to start things now with Danielle Noonan and the road less traveled. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. On the path you speak to me, rest your weary soul, like the night you cover me. On the road, let's travel. On the road, let's
to pieces for the lowly. Oh, just lift your gaze upon the lights above the hills, so we will sing on the road less traveled. That is Danielle Noonan and The Road Less Traveled. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday morning. I'm starting to wake up now. Are you feeling a little yeah, better? I'm feeling a little better. Once I get started with the show, then you know that elevates my uh, mood. So thank, Good. Thank you. I've turned that frown upside thank, down. Thank you for arriving, David. Yes, I'd even be happy if you go make a pot of coffee, I'll but get... I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. So, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll get to it. Uh, you know who's coming up? Our first crack at him in the new year. Oh, who's that? That is Mr. Ken Hellenius. I love it. Yeah, he's going to join us after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O oh my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. There are more than two dozen feast days dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary in 2023. How do you stay on top of them all? 
The easiest way is Day Radio's Marion Calendar. Get yours today before the new year moves too far along and our limited supply runs out. Just go to the Christmas resources at MatradayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and we'll promptly send you one of these colorful calendars free. It features magnificent artwork, uplifting messages of faith, and a full listing of all Our Lady's feast days in 2023. Start the new year right with this stunning display of spiritual motivation for your home, office, workshop, or anywhere you can use a little reminder that Our Lady is praying for you. Get your 2023 Marian calendar now before they're all gone in the Christmas resources section on the Hail Mary media app or MontredayRadio.com. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.13 here at Mater Day Radio. While it is still kind of windy out there, that wind advisory for our area has expired. Now, you may have lost power overnight, but as of this morning, only about 2,300 uh, Portland co- consumers are without power right now. So I'm sure that's a bummer for those without power, yeah. but really well done considering what we've been through. Uh, you might even experience just a passing shower today. Now, wind will ease through the afternoon and steady rain will return daytime highs in the low 50s snow levels moved up to 5,000 feet and then overnight we're going to cool to the lower 40s and tomorrow more rains again and lows into the 50s looks like rain continues off and on through the weekend could be seeing a few more sun breaks so that's kind of nice all righty it's currently 48 degrees at ascension church in portland and it is 49 degrees at our lady of lords catholic church in vancouver Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's keeping up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. Well, it is the beginning of a new year, and I couldn't think of a better way to get it started than by heading to South Bend, Indiana, to talk to our man at the University of Notre Dame. He is the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. A hearty, happy 2023 to you, Mr. Ken Hellenius. David, it seems like I haven't talked to you all year. It's That's so true. Uh, first time this year, so it's great to have you on. And uh, are you a big New Year's resolution guy? You know, here we are, what is this, the, the 5th of January, and I'm only three days behind on my New Year's resolution. <laughs> so yeah, it's going going fairly well. That's very actually, good. I've been listening to the um, the Catechism in a Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz. Wow, Brent is uh, doing that. Yeah, it's uh, it's delightful, uh, I have to say. And so um, uh, that's that's been my New Year's resolution. I listened to it uh, in the car on the way into the into the office, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been very interesting. So, like I say, though, I'm only I'm only about two days behind at this point. So yeah, we're right. getting off to a good start. <laughs> 365 podcasts are coming up with that. Ken, something I found out with that podcast, I cannot listen to it in the car. He speaks very quickly, Father Mike does, yes. and and it's a lot of information there. So I really need to have yeah. the catechism in front of me and read along while he reads and then even jot down a few notes. But it's been excellent so far. Yeah, don't want to get too behind though on that one. No, exactly, exactly. So, but uh, but yes, that's my resolution. That and to to pray, to get up a little earlier every morning and to have a little private time in prayer. So that's been kind of so far. That's that's going relatively well. So oh, I'm not right. entirely off already. 
we're, we're pretty good for the first week. Oh, that's very good. So did you did you stick around uh, South Bend for Christmas? Yes, we were here for uh, for all of uh, Christmas break. Uh, my beloved bride Julie and I had the whole week off, and uh, we really, honestly, a lot of lounging about. I think uh, we put some good impressions in our in our easy chairs, <laughs> and uh, we caught up on a few of our stories. You know, our, our television stories that we watched together. Right. So, uh, uh, Julie got a lot of ideas for home renovation. Very during, good. Uh, yes. Yeah. Break. So uh, a lot of uh, Chip and Joanna and uh, <laughs> and other uh, renovation shows. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of shiplap this year. Although I don't know what shiplap really is. That's so, true. I like <laughs> it. Uh, you, yeah. you, you you need uh, what what do they always say? You got to create more space. You got to take that wall out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, open plan. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of open plan. A lot of uh, <laughs> modernization. Get some curb appeal. There you uh, go. All these sorts of things that I've heard about now. I like lot. it. Well, you got your you got your work <laughs> cut out for you as you head into the year, new year. <laughs> That's right. Well, this morning we wanted to talk about today is the feast day of Saint John. Now you pronounce the last name because I've heard it different ways. <laughs> yeah, so that's a that's a great question. So it's written Newman M N E U M A N N. Right, Newman. But I've he- heard it pronounced most often Neumann. Neumann. Um, and so I mean, so Saint John Newman, Saint John Neumann. Um, of course, we have another St. John Newman in the church, St. John Henry Newman, right. the uh, the cardinal and, and uh, English saint. This St. John Newman is uh, was born in the kingdom of Bohemia, which is modern-day Czech Republic, mm-hmm. and then he emigrated to the United States. Um, and so he was born in 1811, uh, studied at the seminary there uh, for the Diocese of Budweiser, which would, had he been ordained, it would made him a Budweiser priest. Uh, yes. Um, but uh, the king of priests. Yes, there you go. Uh, but, uh, but there were really um, a couple things kind of conspired there. Um, the bishop of Budweiser died right after he finished, right after John had finished seminary studies, but before he was ordained. And so there was a, a period where there was no bishop. And um uh, John, uh, the young John, who is now a seminary graduate but not an ordained priest, um, responded to a call from the American bishops for German-speaking ministers. Oh. So the Americans had uh, America uh, had a lot of German immigrants, but not a lot of German-speaking priests. And so he um, saw this opportunity, um, and there were actually too many priests in the Diocese of Budweiser, and so he responded by coming to America. And so at age 25, he hopped on a boat and came to the United States. And just 17 days after he arrived in New York City, the uh, Bishop of New York City ordained him a priest. Because, of course, he'd already finished all of his seminary studies. He had a letter saying that he was, you know, he was in good standing. Um, And uh, 17 days into his his arrival in America, he was ordained and sent to northern uh, New York State to minister kind of as a circuit rider, a parish priest riding circuit, sometimes going as far as like a 12-hour walk each day to minister to uh, the faithful under his care. Um, And uh, eventually he met a redemptorist priest, uh, a member of the religious order that was founded in the 1700s in Italy by St. Alphonsus Liguori. And he felt an intense desire to to live in community with other priests. And so he petitioned and was allowed to enter the Redemptorist Order, who themselves had arrived in America not long before he did. So they were a young religious order, 
and he became the first um, professed religious for the Redemptorists in the United or in America in the United States. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, he soon rose to uh, leadership uh, in the growing community. He served as their provincial superior. Um, he was naturalized as an American citizen in 1848. In 1852, he was appointed the Bishop of Philadelphia. He sounded like um, a very educated man, too. I was reading about him and uh, all the languages that he knew. Yeah, he knew like six languages. He was, of course, uh, he was um, fluent in, in Czech um, and then in German. Uh, and then, of course, he, he decided he needed to learn French and Italian. Mm-hmm. And then when he realized he was going to come to America, he learned English from a book. Uh, and because there were no uh, English speakers at the seminary where he was, uh, he just learned it from a book. And so, yeah, he was able to to move among all of the different types of immigrants that he then encountered in the city of Philadelphia, which was full of immigrants. Um, and so um, that actually kind of was a bit of a two-edged sword, though, because Philadelphia was so full of immigrants who were arriving every day, mm. especially from the old world, from Europe. Um, it was also a hotbed of anti-Catholic, anti-immigrant um, uh, prejudice. Right. And uh, that was actually a big home of the political party that was called the Know Nothing. Mm-hmm. So these were American kind of nativists who said, oh, uh, I don't know anything about that the, uh, violence that you're talking about, uh. although they were themselves perpetrating it. And so um, really in response to those threats, Bishop Neumann, uh, he knew that prayer for peace mm-hmm. was the most effective approach that the church could offer. And so he began to promote the Eucharistic devotion known as the 40 hours devotion. Right. Uh, 40 hours refers to the amount of time Christ spent in the tomb uh, from the afternoon of Good Friday until early on Easter Sunday morning uh, at his resurrection. And 40 hours devotion is centered then on Eucharistic exposition and prayer for peace. Uh, It's been around since about the 1500s. Uh, Many famous saints have promoted this 40 hours devotion, uh, including St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Philip Neri, St. Charles Borromeo, and and a number of others. Um, And so it's really focused on the Blessed Sacrament, praying before the Eucharist for peace. Uh, And uh, St. John Noman, or well, Bishop Neumann, uh, promoted this among his parishioners and among the parishes in Philadelphia, such that it was like when one parish would finish praying their 40 hours, uh, another parish would start. And mm-hmm. so it was like continuous. Oh. And really, as we think about it here in the United States, as our bishops, who are themselves the brothers of St. John Neumann, are promoting the Eucharistic revival um, that we're kind of building up to a right. Eucharistic Congress in 2024. This is something I know here in the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, where I live. Um, the bishop has asked every parish to offer the 40 hours devotion uh, in preparation so that we too can regain a love for the Eucharist, especially praying for peace, but praying also for a deep and abiding love for Jesus Christ present in the flesh in the Blessed Sacrament. And Mm -hmm. so that's really what we think of um, when we think of the 40 hours devotion, but St. John Neumann was himself a great promoter of this. And uh, so it's it's kind of a kind of timely yeah. that uh, here we are uh, in the midst of our own Eucharistic revival that we're thinking about uh, this great saint uh, in America mm. who did it. So yeah, that's great. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap it up than to say Saint John Newman. 
Or Neumann. Or Neumann. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thank you so much, Ken. Oh, great to talk with you. Happy New Year to you. Ken Hellenius, again, host of Living Stones, heard right here, Mater Day Radio, or your Hail Mary media app. Well, get to that home renovation. <laughs> Got to go buy some chip lab. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, and God bless you. You too. Take care. And it is 7.24 here at Mater Day Radio. That's funny you mentioned that. I started a renovation in my laundry room, David. Did you really? Took out some uh, wallpaper over the weekend. Nice. And then there's a tile cutter sitting in our entryway <laughs> waiting for Scott All to right. get using. So, well, wonderful time to talk with Ken. Of course, he co-hosts with Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, Living Stones, that you can listen to right here at Mater Day Radio every Monday at 7.30. Head over to our webpage, materdayradio.com. You can find the full programming schedule 24-7. Great Catholic broadcasting, both great locally produced shows and the best of our Catholic national shows. You can also look and see what is coming up if you use your Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 727 at Mater Day Radio and layoffs across the tech world. We'll have the details in the news. And more updates from the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. That coming up in just about three minutes. Here is Jamie Teton with Christmas music. What child is this? We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping who
is Jamie Teton, and what child is this? 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis says that Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI was a great master of catechesis. More from Tracy Sable at EWTN News Nightly. At his weekly talk to pilgrims at the Vatican, the Holy Father said the late Pope Emeritus always wanted to help people find Christ. Pope Francis also reminded the faithful of the importance of near constant prayer, saying those who truly believe in God are never alone. And the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI was held earlier today. Thousands were in attendance in St. Peter's Square, and approximately 200,000 people have filed through the Vatican to pay respects to Pope Benedict as he lay in state at St. Peter's Basilica. In honor of the Pope, every flag in Rome being flown at half mass. Mm. Well, another big tech company making some big cuts. Salesforce, San Francisco's largest private employer, is laying off about a tenth of its staff, a reduction that could potentially mean the loss of over 7,000 jobs globally in the next few weeks. Now, the layoffs were announced early yesterday morning in an SEC filing. In a letter to employees, Salesforce CEO Mark Binoff admitted that the company hired too many people, leading into an economic downturn Salesforce is now facing. Company employs over 73,000 people worldwide, with the bulk of them in the Bay Area. Also on Wednesday, video sharing platform Vimeo said in a regulatory filing that it would cut approximately 11% of its workforce. Then we learned this morning, Amazon, mm-hmm. they're going to be cutting about 18,000 jobs. Wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. And then, of course, we know that new president of uh, and owner of Twitter, yeah. Elon Musk, he's cut nearly 70% of mm. the employment at uh, the company of Twitter, too. Wow. Wow. Tough time. Mm-hmm. Well, tens of thousands of people were present in St. Peter's Square for the funeral today of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, a leading theologian of the 20th century and the first pope to resign from office in nearly 600 years. Royalty, cardinals, patriarchs, and government officials, just many regular Catholic families and religious attended the funeral on a cold, foggy morning at the Vatican. More than 3,700 priests can celebrated the Mass. Cardinals Joseph Zen, Daniel DiNardo, Timothy Dolan, all cardinals created by Benedict, were seated in the front row. The Vatican said 125 cardinals also can celebrated along with Pope Francis. Now, the funeral mass was simple and solemn in accord with Benedict XVI's wishes. The Sistine Chapel choir sang the Salve Regina, the uh, In Paradisum, and other hymns. Pope Francis, of course, presided over the funeral for his predecessor. Well, with some regions of the United States seeing record amounts of snow and rain... Not so much in Europe, where an alarming number of weather records have been broken as extreme heat has spread across the continent. So on New Year's Day, at least eight European countries recorded their warmest January day ever, including Liechtenstein, the Czech Republic, Poland, the Netherlands, and Denmark, just to name a few. 
So the driving force behind the exceptional heat was a warm air mass from the west coast of Africa, which moved across Europe, bringing unseasonably warm conditions, according to the U.K. Weather Office. While meteorologists say it's too early to confidently attribute this extreme heat to climate change, scientists have warned that extreme weather events are becoming more frequent and more intense. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's... <laughs> so Liechtenstein, which, you know, you think of as a cold weather country. Sure. Like 70 degrees. That's amazing. Yeah. No no snowy Liechtenstein winter not. days yet. Yeah. Well, beginning on Wednesday, that was yesterday, the Multnomah County Animal Shelter put a pause on taking in any stray pets until January 11th, something county officials said they've never had to do before. Right now, we are in a true crisis moment, said Marion Cannell, Animal Service Operations Manager. She said at one point Wednesday, all 85 of the shelter's kennel spaces were occupied, and shelter staff will use the time now to move forward with plans to bring back in-person adoptions beginning January 11th. Aaron Grayhag, Director of Animal Services, said their short staff team will take next week to catch up on logistics like scheduling and things they've had to ignore in order to focus on caring for the animals coming in. So in December 2022, just last month, they said the county took in 479 pets. That's compared to 289 pets the December of 2021. Mm. She said December is always a bad month with animals scared by New Year's Eve fireworks. Mm, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, that's terrible. So yeah. if you've been thinking about uh, having a companion for a while, yep. well, now would be a, a great time to think about going on in. Uh, for sure. Well, in sports, the Portland Trailblazers' three-game road trip started with a thud, losing last night at Minnesota, 113-106. Cold night on offense for the Blazers, who shot an underwhelming 39% overall. Even worse from three-point range, as Portland only netted nine of 29 attempts from behind the arc. After making his season debut Monday evening, Blazers guard Gary Payton II did not play due to a sprained ankle. That's so (laughs) tough. Payton missed the first 35 games of the season, recovering from off-season court muscle surgery. Hopefully that sprained ankle is just, you know, minor and he can be back in soon. Portland has lost five consecutive road games with its last victory away from home coming in mid-December at Houston. Blazers will be back in action tomorrow evening at the Indiana Pacers. Well, Pope Francis said on January 4th on concluding his teaching series on discerning God's voice from among the other interior and exterior voices, he said, the voice of the Lord can always be recognized. It has a unique style. It is a voice that pacifies, encourages, and reassures in difficulties. And then he repeated one four-word phrase that is said in the gospel over and over. The Pope himself repeated it a handful of times in his discussion. The gospel reminds us of this continually, and those four words are, be not afraid. Mm. Or actually, four words, do not be afraid. There you go. In fact, this phrase comes at us in scriptures 365 times. It was said to Mary and to Joseph by an angel, to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, to the wise men, to the disciples at the transfiguration. So if you feel encouraged to have a motto for 2023, 
We'll just choose those words. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. So this evening at 5.30, there will be a local Mass for the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI that will happen at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception here in Portland. All are invited to the Mass for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI to be celebrated by Archbishop Sample. The community is invited, and all of our priests also will be celebrating. You can find more details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Well, he is a local Holy Cross priest, but not for long. He is bishop-elect. Father Patrick Neary, we talk with him after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. At University of Portland, we celebrate the Christmas season as a time to rejoice in the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We strive to follow his example of kindness, generosity, and love as we fulfill our Holy Cross mission of educating the whole person. We believe in education with a deeper purpose and inspire students to become compassionate, critical thinkers engaged in a lifetime of faith-driven leadership and service. This is Father Peter Walsh from University of Portland's Campus Ministry wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Day Radio. And it is 7.42 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it looks like the howling winds have backed off a little bit. Still breezy today. We'll have a high of 52 degrees, 80% chance of showers. About the same for tonight, low of 43. And then for Friday, 70% chance of rain, high of 51. Currently, it is 46 degrees at St. Anthony's Catholic Church out at Forest Grove. And 43 degrees at St. Alice Church in Springfield. Well, when a bishop turns 75, in accordance with canon law, 
Well, he must submit a letter of resignation to the Pope. Well, such was the situation for Bishop Donald Kettler of St. Cloud, Minnesota. And while it was perhaps a grateful acceptance for Bishop Kettler and maybe a little relief to settle into a prayerful retirement for the bishop-elect, well, the appointment may come as quite a shock. As the Diocese of St. Cloud prepares to welcome their new bishop, Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, well, they have to say farewell to their pastor. Pope Francis has appointed their pastor, Father Patrick Neary, as the new bishop to fill the role. And Bishop-elect Neary is joining me this morning well, to tell us a little bit more how that came about. Good morning, Bishop-elect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Brenda. It's great to be with you. Well, first, for our listeners, kind of share a little bit about your vocation and how you came to join the Congregation of Holy Cross. Well, I went to a Catholic grade school here in LaPorte, Indiana, St. Joseph's grade school, and I was taught by Franciscan sisters in Mishawaka, Indiana. And they really were just warm and engaging and so full of joy. But I know that they influenced my vocation in many ways. I often thought that the decision to enter the priesthood came to me my last year of high school until I was at the Golden Jubilee celebration for my first grade teacher, Sister Estelle. And we were sharing about our vocation story when I said, yeah, it came to me in my senior year of high school. And Sister Suzanne, who had me in a different grade, said, no, no, in second grade, when you were in second grade, you told me in the playground, I'm going to be a priest someday. I had no recollection of that at all. So originally, I thought I would be in the Diocese of Gary, my home diocese, but I was a huge Notre Dame football fan. And my dad suspected something of a vocation. So he talked to a co-worker at Whirlpool Corporation here in town where he worked and said, hey, your uncle, I believe, is a Holy Cross priest teaching at Notre Dame. Would you have him write my son? So I got this letter from a Holy Cross priest at Notre Dame. I knew nothing about Holy Cross. And he said, hey, why don't you come for a visit? Then he gave my name to the vocation director, Father Andre Levier. And he wrote me. And pretty soon I was visiting wow. as a high school senior. And just from the moment I walked into Moreau Seminary at Notre Dame, where I was visiting for the first time, I just felt at peace. I felt at home. And I realized, I think this is where I'm meant to be. So it was just an amazing experience. And I was so warmly received by the Holy Cross men in formation, the priests and brothers. I just knew, like, this is where I'm meant to be. Bishop-elect, when were you ordained to the priesthood? I was ordained April 6, 1991 at Notre Dame. So I'm coming up in April on 32 years, I believe, which is hard to believe. It just seems like yesterday, but time keeps moving. Well, if you are just tuning in, I'm talking this morning with Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is the pastor at Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, and now will be making the move to St. Cloud to become their new bishop. Well, Bishop-elect, how did you find out that you were appointed bishop? I mean, is there a nomination process? Does a phone call come from the Vatican? Did you think somebody maybe was playing a joke on you? I mean, this seems like quite a lot. It was a huge surprise. My understanding is that there are various lists. One list is kept by the Apostolic Nuncio in Washington, D.C., of potential candidates for diocesan sees that open up. I believe that the Archdiocese of Portland and the province in which Portland is an important part, they have lists. And maybe in Rome, they have a list. I don't exactly know how all of it works, but somehow my name was put on a list. 
And so the apostolic nuncio tried to call me on December 2nd. I got four calls in a row on my phone from Washington, D.C., from an unknown caller with no message left. So I blocked the caller, thinking this is spam. Uh huh. Not knowing it was the nuncio. So imagine. So I didn't get any calls, obviously, the rest of Friday, that Saturday. On the 4th of December in the evening, I was at the University of Portland, which is one of our universities that we run as Holy Cross. I was in the room with my friend, Mark Eislink, and just having a chat. And I see a message on WhatsApp from the Apostolic Nuncio. Father Neri, this is the Apostolic Nuncio. Christophe Pierre, may I speak with you if you have a moment? It's like, oh my goodness. So that's when he said to me, Father Neri, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has appointed you the new bishop of the Diocese of St. Cloud. Let's just say it was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> now, do you have an option to, if, if the, you feel like, uh, if a priest feels like this is not their calling, do you have the ability to say, no, I don't think this is for me? Or is it kind of understood uh, for any priest that when you're called upon by the Pope, that yes is the word that needs to come out? I do know that some priests have good reasons for saying no, and that is an option, but it's not offered to you that way. Basically, it's announced to you that you've been chosen by the Holy Father. And so that carries heavy weight. It certainly is something I think that's overwhelming for anybody who's invited to serve as a bishop. And we know that it's a great honor, but also a huge responsibility. It's not an easy job. It's all consuming. And yet there's nothing more important. So believe me, it came as a shock. It filled me with some anxiety and yet excitement. But when I sat with it, I felt deep down a sense of peace. So I said, yes, obviously. And then but, when you shared the yeah. news with your friends, your brother priests, and your family, what was their uh, response? Well, I had to keep it a secret from the time it was communicated to me that I had been selected when I said yes. I think there's a period of nine days or so until you are announced officially. And in Rome, the announcement is promulgated at noon Rome time, which I think might have been 5 a.m., in St. Cloud, Minnesota. So Bishop Kettler had to get up very early that Thursday when it was announced to have things ready to go. So until that time, I wasn't able to share this with family members or friends. So when I was able to tell them, you can imagine the surprise, the excitement, the disbelief, but joy more than anything. And my father made me laugh because a few days afterwards, he said, son, I've done some research to see how many bishops there may have been, if any, from our hometown of LaPorte, Indiana. And he said there weren't any. And I said, well, Dad, it's a small town. I think we would have known if there were any other bishops <laughs> from LaPorte. And I'm honored to be the first, hopefully not the last. But uh, yes, I don't know if I'll get the keys to the city at some point. But people here are excited in my my hometown, in my home parish. Oh, as all of us are for you, Bishop-elect, we know that our Archbishop, Alexander Sample, he puts quite a few miles on his vehicle, traveling really from border to border, covering this archdiocese. Can you tell us a little bit what you know about the Diocese of St. Cloud, Minnesota? How big of a Catholic community is there? How many preschools and deacons that uh, you'll be overseeing? Sure, sure. I believe there's about 125,000. I've got to check those numbers. I've only glanced at the website. I've had so many 
things to attend to. In terms of clergy, the figures I read on their website, they said have been updated. So I think if I'm not mistaken, 80 clergy, some are retired. And I think I have close to 50 permanent deacons, which is amazing. Some are retired, but still a good, good army of men. We have 131 parishes and they've gone to a different model where they have groups of priests and clusters who collaborate together closely and serve a multitude of parishes, anywhere from four, I think, to eight parishes, which is a new model. And it seems to be quite effective there. So it's mostly a rural diocese, with the exception of the fact that we have St. Benedict's University and we have St. John's in Collegeville. So we have a group of Benedictine women who run St. Benedict's and we have a group of Benedictine men who run St. John's. And it they're both impressive institutions. I got to drive out there with Bishop Kettler my last day, full day in St. Cloud when I was announced. And it had snowed heavily, but there was no wind. So as we drove out to these two campuses, it was a postcard for Christmas, just the trees covered in snow and just so beautiful. I was so warmly received. The Benedictine women, after I met the prioress and her leadership team, we were escorted into the chapel where they were gathered and they sang a prayer of blessing over me and Bishop Kettler, which was so touching. And that we went to St. John's and met the abbot and then some of the monks who were preparing to go to mass. So I realized what a gift we have in these institutions of higher learning that have impressive reputations throughout the country and beyond. So I'm looking forward to spending time there, getting to know their mission. And I was at Notre Dame, our university in Indiana for 15 years. So I know something about that whole atmosphere of a university and all that it entails. So I'm looking forward to that too. But mostly it's a rural diocese. And I'm from a small town in Indiana. My mother's from a farm in Idaho. So I love the fact that it's a rural diocese too. And there's something about that that is what would I say? It's grounding, literally, mm. because of farmers and animals and things that it grounds you in, in the life that most Catholics lived maybe 100 years ago on farms, right? So just to be in touch with that. And I think about 7% of the diocese is Latino. So I do speak Spanish, having lived in Latin America for a, line, a while. So I'm looking forward to getting to know them. And I'm hoping that occasionally some Mexican food might be brought by the rectory. No doubt. I I mean, I have so many wonderful cooks in the parish. You know, Friday is my day to cook in the rectory. So on occasion, the food comes by. Now, the two other priests with me, Father Michael and Father Cameron, uh, sometimes claim that I haven't really cooked a meal. I just heated up a meal. But I'm like, no, you guys were fed. You had That's a nice right. meal. That come. And, right. and you are responsible for getting that to be done. As long as they're fed. That's it's right. not about where the food came from. As long as it's tasty and it's hot and ready to go. So... There is more I want to talk to you about, especially about how you learn to become a bishop. I am coming up against mm -hmm. my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue? Certainly. Thank you so much. And it is 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday morning. One of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio in this new year is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Really quick and easy. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. Take you right to the main page. All the information is there. Really a quick and easy process and 
a likely tax deduction for you as well. It's Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. Hi everyone, this is David from Mater Dei Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Mater Dei Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Boy, some really rough weather in Northern California. We'll have the details in the news. And the I-5 bridge replacement program misses out on a major federal funding grant. I have that update for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. John knew he was called to religious life. He began his studies at the seminary in Budweiss, Bohemia, and later in the University of Prague. Everything was on track and going as planned, until his ordination finally came in 1833. On one hand, it was a joyful blessing to think that Bohemia had an abundance of priests, so much so that when the bishop fell ill on the day of John's ordination, they never got around to rescheduling the ordination. They already had too many priests in the diocese and were running out of assignments for their priests they already had. This still wasn't an excuse for John to abandon his vocation. He set his eyes on America. If he wasn't gonna be able to serve God in his homeland, he would go to where he was needed. He set out on foot to France and from there journeyed across the sea to Manhattan in the States. He finally arrived in 1836 unannounced and not entirely sure what God was getting him into. To his wonderful surprise, the Bishop of New York was eager to ordain the foreign seminarian, seeing they only had 36 priests for roughly 200,000 Catholics in New York and New Jersey. Newly ordained Father John set off for his new assignment in the countryside around Niagara Falls. Still longing to have a communal life, Father John also joined the Redemptorists and set about ministering to the German immigrants in the Baltimore and Pittsburgh areas. He busied himself with the flock he was assigned, placing their needs above his own. He hardly slept and fasted often on bread and water. 
Thankfully, he was able to communicate with all of his parishioners who spoke a diversity of languages. Eventually, he became the pastor of St. Philomena in Maryland, and by 1852, he was declared Bishop of Philadelphia. As if his life would slow down now, he began building churches, hospitals, orphanages, and schools that heavily promoted a devotion to the Eucharist. He also founded the Third Order of St. Francis of Glen Riddle, and it was considered a secondary founder for the School Sisters of Notre Dame. Unfortunately, his life came to a sudden halt in the streets of Philadelphia when he had a sudden heart attack in 1860, but his story lived on. The forgotten seminarian, now a deeply loved bishop to the poor and immigrants, was officially canonized in 1977. His journey to sainthood didn't necessarily turn out the way he originally planned, but rather played out tenfold because of the yes to pursue what God was calling him to. We all have a personal desire that God has placed on our hearts. He doesn't always give us a straight and simple path to walk down to reveal that desire, and it may not even end up the way we originally envisioned. But He does give us the free will to pursue it or leave it behind as untapped potential. I've personally found my love for the selfless mission of nonprofits, and while every day isn't rainbows and butterflies, I still feel a sense of peace that I'm exactly where God has called me to be. Where's God calling you? Are you open to the journey? St. John Nebomacene Newman, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to check out Mater Day Radio's Christmas resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, the U.S. bishops are inviting Catholics to participate in a January 5th to January 13th novena for the repose of the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, who died December 31st at the age of 95. Now, the start of the novena coincides with the date of the late Pope's funeral mass, which took place earlier today at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Pope Francis presided over the liturgy and thousands attended. Now, this nine-day devotion available in both English and Spanish on the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops website focuses on various aspects of the papal role, among them being successor to the Apostle Peter, unifier and chief shepherd of the church, and authentic teacher of the faith. Now, prayers for each day include brief readings taken from Scripture and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, as well as conciliar, papal, and patristic writings. Well, in weather terms, it's called a bomb cyclone, and it's pounding the Golden State. California declared a state of emergency Wednesday as a powerful storm generated 45-foot waves out at sea, dropped soaking rain on already saturated ground, prompted warnings of floods and mudslides. Officials are asking more than 8 million people who live in the San Francisco Bay Area to limit travel. Earlier in the day, California Governor Gavin Newsom authorized state National Guard units to support disaster response as the massive storm pummeled much of the state's coastline. Now, the National Weather Service says the storm could last well into this evening, dropping buckets of rain. Some portions of Northern California could see 10 inches of precipitation. 
Flooding in rural parts of South Sacramento County has already claimed several lives. I mean, I, I don't think they receive much more than like 15 to 18 yeah. inches a year. They're getting 10 inches amazing. In, in this storm alone. Mm. That, uh, that's incredible. Always remind everybody, don't drive through a flooded street. That's right. Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program will not be receiving money from the Federal Highway Administration's Bridge Investment Program this time around, although it will be eligible to reapply later this year. The program applied for the $750 million grant in early August, and the announcement Wednesday marks the first opportunity the program had to receive significant money from the federal government. Now, funding was given to projects ready to proceed to construction, Federal Highway Administration announcement said. Now, construction on the I-5 bridge is not expected until 2025. Of the more than $2 billion in funding announced Wednesday, $1.3 billion is going to the Brent Spence Bridge connecting Ohio and Kentucky. Well, if the government paid you to leave the city, would you do it? That's what's happening in Japan as officials there are offering to pay families to move out of its overcrowded capital in an effort to revitalize countryside towns and boost falling birth rates. So starting in April, families in the Tokyo metropolitan area, including those headed by single parents, will be eligible to receive 1 million yen, which is equivalent to about $7,700 per child if they move to less populated areas across the country. Now, for decades, people across Japan have migrated to its urban centers seeking job opportunities. Tokyo is the country's most populous city with roughly 37 million residents. Meanwhile, in Japan's major cities, space had rapidly run out and prices have skyrocketed. Tokyo is consistently one of the world's most expensive cities to live. Wow. Yeah. So I wonder if it's that expensive, I wonder how far $7,700 per child would actually go in uh, getting you moved. I mean, you think about it, move your whole family, find new jobs, settle into new routine. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, I don't know if that would be quite enough money to persuade me to move to another city. Yeah, I know. Well... Officially, there's a new sheriff in town in Multnomah County. Sheriff Nicole Morrissey O'Donnell is the 41st person in the position, but the first ever female to hold the office. And she says she has a clear list of priorities, including building community trust, reducing gun violence, and addressing mental health. She said, I know this is a big task. And I'm honored and encouraged in your trust in me to do this important work. Now, she was sworn in Wednesday by Oregon Supreme Court Justice Adrian Nelson. Now, Morrissey O'Donnell was elected to the position last May and replaces outgoing Sheriff Mike Reese. All right. Well, congratulations to her. In sports, University of Portland women's basketball forward Alex Fowler has been named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the first time this year. She is the first pilot to earn the honor this season. Fowler was recognized after averaging 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 5.5 assists over Portland's two wins this past weekend. Fowler became one of just 19 players in the NCAA Division I to put up multiple games with at least 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. She also became the third pilot in Portland's Division I history to eclipse 
1,800 points scored. Pilots are undefeated in conference play with a record of 4-0. They can build on that when they host Santa Clara tonight at the Child Center. Tip-off at 6 p.m. By the way, game going to be televised locally on the CW. Fantastic. Well, January is the month of the holy name of Jesus, and it's an ideal time to strengthen our connection to the beautiful name of our Lord. In fact, all names are to be treated with respect. Do you even know the meaning of your own name? It's an interesting thing to discover. And a name is an emblem of one's dignity, but the name of Jesus in particular should be held in the highest regard, spoken and heard only in a sacred way. Now, the beautiful name Jesus means God saves. So the name of Jesus is not only the name of our Savior, but also by its meaning states the purpose of his existence, reminding us of the incredible blessing of salvation. Let us then give that name great honor. Let's remember, too, that Jesus' name in Aramaic is Yeshua. Right. So that is what Jesus was called in his known native language. The name Joshua is derived from that oh. his name. So right. Joshua, if you've named your child Joshua, yeah. you've named him after our Lord. Now, there are some things that you can do this month in order to honor, maybe this month and all year long, the name of Jesus. First, take a stand against taking the Lord's name in vain, both in your own speech throughout the day, but also if there's a, a family member or somebody you work with, you can say, hey, that's, uh, that's against the commandments. Please don't use the Lord's name in vain. And secondly, and you see this often mm-hmm. in uh, by priests in Mass, bow your head when you hear the name oh, of Jesus. That's nice. I always like uh, hearing the meaning of, of names. I know the meaning of my name, David. David, what does it mean? Beloved. Beloved. Yes. That you, makes sense. You know what Brenda is? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I think uh, I did. I do know it, but I don't remember right. it every time. I'll look that up, oh, though. There you go. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And beginning this Friday, running through the weekend, it is the annual Archbishop's Discernment Retreat. This is a weekend of prayer, reflection, and conversation with Archbishop Sample for single men ages 18 to 50. Men interested in attending the retreat should contact their pastor for a registration form. You can also contact Father Peter Julia in the Office of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Bishop-elect Father Patrick Neary right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to 
bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You'd send the Holy Spirit to them. You would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matudayradio.com. Join thousands of pro-life advocates for the Oregon March for Life on Saturday afternoon, January 28th at the Oregon State Capitol in Salem. The band will begin playing at 2.15 and speakers start at 2.30 followed by the march. It's the first Oregon March for Life since the overturning of Roe versus Wade and your presence is powerful. Oregon Right to Life advocates for the most vulnerable human beings whose right to life is denied or abridged under current law and works to reestablish protection for all innocent human life from conception to natural death. Join the Oregon March for Life on Saturday afternoon, January 28th at the Oregon State Capitol in Salem. To register and get more details on the big event, including parking information, go online to ortl.org slash march. That's ortl.org slash march. Make your stand for life with Oregon Right to Life. And it is 812 at Mater Day Radio. Well, kind of going to be breezy and showery today. We'll have a high of around 52 degrees, so kind of a warmish day out there today. Same for tonight, breezy, chance of rain, low of 43, and then about a 70% chance of showers for Friday, high of 51. Currently, it is 51 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview. And it is 54 degrees at Sacred Heart St. Louis Church in Jervis. I am back again with Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is the pastor of Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, but has received an appointment to be the next bishop of St. Cloud, Minnesota. He stayed with me through the break, so we can continue our conversation. Good morning, Bishop-elect Neary. Good Thanks morning. so much for staying with me. It's great to still be with you. So you asked me something about how to learn to become a bishop, yeah. what's involved. I, I guess in, in your lives. priesthood through the order, is there mm-hmm. things that you learn or courses that you take or just through experience and watching other bishops that help prepare you? Or is the Vatican prepared to kind of give you the rule book, so to speak, about how to be a bishop? Yeah, well, I'm going back to St. Cloud on Sunday to the diocese, and I have a series of meetings all week long with the senior staff of the diocese, but I'm going to especially spend time with Bishop Kettler, who is a seasoned veteran and has stayed three years past the age of 75, waiting for his replacement. So I'm going to rely a lot on him for his wisdom about how to carry out the duty, the office of bishop. I don't pretend to know much about that, except that I'm a priest and I do certainly know all about that. And I've been a pastor, but a bishop is a different level, obviously, of responsibility, of leadership. And so I have a lot to learn. It's going to be a lot of on-the-job learning, I think. Although one of my Jesuit friends who's been teaching at the Gregorian in Rome for 32 years in liturgy told me that there is a baby bishop's camp in September in Rome. So I have to look into that. But apparently it really does cover the whole gamut of what's involved in this position of bishop 
So I know I have a lot to learn and I don't want to make dramatic changes at first. I want to get to know people. I want to get to know my clergy, the priests, the deacons, all of the wonderful lay people of which there are many who work in the diocese of St. Cloud and just, just figure out like, what's the history? How does it function? Who have the key responsibilities and what is my role vis-a-vis all the leadership and clergy of the diocese. So it's going to be a steep learning curve, but I'm excited about it and looking forward to it. So we'll 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 keep you posted on and what what it all entails, right? But I I'm excited and intrigued. I know for me, like when I went to East Africa in 2010 to Nairobi, Kenya to run the seminary and to be in a completely different world, that there's no substitute for just living somewhere and doing the new job and getting to know people and just in time getting more comfortable and and learning on the job, all the wisdom that you can. So I know that I will eventually settle, get my sea legs and carry out that responsibility and enjoy it. And my whole life in Holy Cross, because I've been in Mexico for a time, I lived in Chile, I've lived in East Africa, I've been at Notre Dame and other places. Almost every week of my life, I'm meeting new people. Even at Holy Redeemer, I'm meeting new families that come to our parish from different parts of Latin America and even Oregon and elsewhere. That's been the rich part of my life, realizing mm-hmm. the Catholic family is huge. It's universal. And I'm always meeting new members of our family. And I, I see St. Cloud that way as my next home and my newest family, albeit a big family. But that's how I want to approach it. These are my brothers and sisters. Really, deep down, that's what we are. I am joined today by Bishop-elect Patrick Neary. He is currently the pastor at Holy Redeemer Church here in Portland, but very soon will be packing up his things and moving to St. Cloud, Minnesota to take the role as their new bishop. Well, Bishop-elect, while you are excited, I believe, and and prayerful to be joining a a new uh, diocese, We here in the Pacific Northwest and your parishioners there at Holy Redeemer have to say goodbye. What are you going to miss about this area and especially about Holy Redeemer? Gosh, well, I'm going to miss the Archdiocese. Archbishop Sample to me has been a model leader, especially on display through COVID, how he managed that so well, but just how attentive he is to us priests and obviously his deacons and lay faithful. But as a priest, I have felt very connected to him, inspired by him. He's a man of prayer. He's open. He can listen. He can even take criticism without being offended. I just see him as so guided by the Holy Spirit. He really is a model to me of leadership. And Bishop Peter Smith, too, is just an exceptional bishop as well. And they're a great team. And he's also going to be someone I rely on as well. But I couldn't have two better role models for how to carry out Episcopal leadership than the two of them. And I have felt unwavering love from them, but also Archbishop Vlasny, who I've known since I was at Notre Dame when he did our ordinations one year. He's also been so supportive of me. And actually, Bishop Peter Smith gave me a pectoral cross, my first one that was given him by Archbishop Vlasny. So I was really touched by that and awarded my press conference. So that's been great. So I'll miss them. I'll miss fellow clergy, the ones I've come to know in the archdiocese. But I think especially my vicariate of parishes and the wonderful rapport we have there. Also, my parishioners. Sure. Holy Redeemer is a lovely parish. When I was in East Africa, my provincial said, well, there's three parishes you can choose from. And Holy Redeemer was on the list. And guys privately told me, take Holy Redeemer. 
Yeah. It's one of the best parishes you could go to. It's a, it's not a huge parish. It's a great place to learn how to be a pastor. And I'm just surrounded there by a great pastoral team from our principal to our office manager, business manager, our whole team. It's just been great to be with them. My brother priest there. So I'll miss them, but there have been many tears since the announcement was made by parishioners. And I felt sad about that too. That's the heavy part is basically uprooting and moving on. But I know as a religious that I have a vow of obedience and that I'm called to go where I'm asked to go. And that's part of the main reason I said yes. I mean, who can say no to Pope Francis, right? <laughs> that's but right. I vowed to obedience if I've been asked by my provincial or my boss, in a sense, the Holy Father, to say, yes, I, I, I will. But it doesn't mean it's easy. But I have experience with uprooting and moving to different parts of the world. And this is a different part of the country, but it's a beautiful part of the country. And I see it as part of this adventure I'm on with the Lord and being willing to go wherever he wants me to go. Oh. At the end of our lives, I think we'll be amazed at God's plan for each one of us and how even in those times where it seemed unclear or too challenging or too difficult, God was there guiding us. And so I think we'll all give thanks in the end, even especially for those hard times when we felt the cross in a, a particularly acute way that Christ was leading us. And those moments were probably the most important too, when we had to rely more on him than our own strength or own wits. So Christ has been very faithful to me hmm. and I just have to trust that he's going to keep guiding me and surround me with the people who love him, who are so gifted, who are serving in the church, not to get rich, but because they love him and they love the church. And these are challenging times, but I also think these are grace-filled times too. Oh, and led by the Holy Spirit, you have answered that call. And uh, we wish you all of the best. St. Valentine's Day, the day of your installation. What an appropriate day. It's very interesting. I was telling someone, I went on a retreat as a high school senior. I got permission to miss school on th half of Thursday and Friday to go to Notre Dame to this discernment retreat for Notre Dame sophomores. And I was the only high school kid. And I told the director of vocations, I have to be back to Laporte on Saturday because I've been invited by my girlfriend to the girls reserve dance. So that was Valentine's Day. So when I got to the dance, after a time, I said, Tracy, I got to I got to tell you something. I think I'm entering the seminary. Wow. <laughs> that was Valentine's Day. <laughs> you looked a little surprised, but she was a young woman of faith. And she's like, well, Pat, if that's your call, I'll pray for you and support you. It's been nice being your girlfriend. But if this is where you think the Lord is leading you, then so be it. But that was so funny. It was Valentine's Day. I won't share that. Uh, the day of my ordination, okay. but I thought it was a funny <laughs> side note just that oh, gosh. Valentine's Day, that still stands out because that was the day I told her, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. this. And it was only a day after my retreat ended at Notre Dame. So and here we are. And so full circle, it will continue on the Feast of St. Valentine's Day this year. You will be made the Bishop of St. Cloud, Minnesota. Well, Bishop-elect, it's been wonderful having you join us this morning. Before we go, will you end us in prayer in your blessing? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of Christ, your Son, who came to be one with us and lead us to your kingdom. I pray in thanksgiving for the Archdiocese of Portland, for all who serve and minister in the Archdiocese. Ask a special blessing upon Brenda and all who work at Modern Day Radio, 
thanksgiving for the ways that each day they faithfully communicate your message of hope to your holy people. Pray in a special way for our church as we say farewell to Pope Benedict, Pope Emeritus, who so faithfully served our church and pray for his eternal joy in your embrace and pray for the people of the Diocese of St. Cloud and Thanksgiving for Bishop Kettler, that God will give him many years of happy retirement, that he'll fill me with the spirit and help me serve well following in his footsteps. So Lord, we also lift up to you any of our loved ones who are in need of healing of any sort. So keep us ever close to you. And now I ask your special blessing upon all who will listen to this show and that you fill them with your spirit and bless them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Bishop-elect, thank you so much for your time today. We will keep you always in our prayers here in the Archdiocese of Portland. We ask that you continue to remember and pray for us. Certainly, and keep up your fine work. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And it is 8.23 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. What a great interview. Oh, wow. it, he was so generous with his time. Yeah. He's actually on vacation oh. uh, with his mom and dad yeah. back uh, back east. And, and he just spent the time and uh, just visited with me yesterday. It was wonderful. It's great when we get a chance to talk with our priests and you hear about their journeys. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal, and what a journey for him, too. So certainly prayers for Father Neary as he heads back to Minnesota. And again, you can hear that again on our podcast, on our app. That's the Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Many blessings and hoping you and your family had a joyful Christmas holiday and are ready to kick off 2023. Camp Howard staff are delighted to announce that registration is now open for summer camp at Camp Howard. Visit cyocamphoward.org to register. The number one reason our youth were excited to be back at Camp Howard last summer was the ability to engage in fun activities together with their peers. It's time to give that much needed fellowship, connection, and joy to the kids in your life. Campers enjoy the friendship, camaraderie, natural beauty, and sense of freedom that a week at Camp Howard offers all experienced in a safe environment with caring staff. For more information and to register now, please go to cyocamphoward.org. We are currently hiring camp counselors and officials for CYO Track and Field. You can help spread the word with more information on our website at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you and may God richly bestow his blessings upon you. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. Now the tech industry hit with more layoffs. We'll have the story in the news. And he was a great master of catechesis. Pope Francis reflects on the legacy of Pope Benedict in his last Wednesday audience before presiding over Pope Emeritus' funeral. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. This is Dave Moore now with Song of Victory. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh 
it is Dave Moore and Song of Victory. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, Pope Francis says that Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI was a great master of catechesis. More from Tracy Sable at EWTN News. Rivolgere il mio pensiero a lui, che è stato un grande maestro di catechesi. At his weekly talk to pilgrims at the Vatican, the Holy Father said the late Pope Emeritus always wanted to help people find Christ. Pope Francis also reminded the faithful of the importance of near constant prayer, saying those who truly believe in God are never alone. Now, the funeral of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI was held earlier today. Approximately 200,000 people have filed through the Vatican to pay respects to Pope Benedict as he lay in state at St. Peter's Basilica. In honor of the Pope, every flag in Rome being flown at half mast. And tens of thousands of people were present in St. Peter's Square for the funeral today of Pope Benedict, a leading theologian of the 20th century and the first pope to resign from office in nearly 600 years. Royalty, cardinals, patriarchs, and government officials, many Catholic families and religious attended the funeral on a cold and foggy morning at the Vatican. More than 3,700 priests can celebrated the Mass. And Cardinals Joseph Zen, Daniel DiNardo, Timothy Dolan, and others, all cardinals created by Pope Benedict, were seated in the front row. Now, the Vatican said 125 cardinals can celebrated. The funeral Mass was simple and solemn in accord with Benedict's wishes. The Sistine Chapel Choir sang Pope Francis presided over the funeral. Well, another big tech company making some big cuts. Salesforce, San Francisco's largest private employer, is laying off about a tenth of its staff, a reduction that could potentially mean a loss of over 7,000 jobs globally in the next few weeks. Now, the layoffs were announced early yesterday morning in an SEC filing. In a letter to employees, Salesforce CEO Mark Beinoff admitted that the company hired too many people leading into an economic downturn Salesforce is now facing. The company employs over 73,000 people worldwide, with the bulk of them in the Bay Area. Also on Wednesday, video sharing platform Vimeo said in a regulatory filing that it would cut approximately 11% of its workforce, Like Salesforce, a number of other tech companies have since admitted they failed to accurately gauge pandemic demand, including Amazon that has now announced it will be laying off more than 18,000 employees. That's a lot. You know, I've been listening to some commentary on this. There was such a huge increase in technology and views and Vimeo people streaming. Like, think about all the masses now that are streamed. Mm -hmm. Well, now that the pandemic, you know, we're kind of through that, you know, for the most part, that now the, the call for all of this need, not quite what it was. Right. Well, the Interstate Bridge Replacement Program will not be receiving money from the Federal Highway Administration's Bridge Investment Program. Well, that is this time around. It will be eligible to reapply later this year. The program applied for the $750 million grant in early August, and the announcement Wednesday Wednesday marks the first opportunity. The program had to receive significant money from the federal government. 
Now, funding was given to projects ready to proceed to construction, a Federal Highway Administration announcement said. Now, construction on the I-5 bridge not expected to begin until 2025. Of the more than $2 million in funding announced Wednesday, $1.3 billion is going to the Brent Spence Bridge connecting Ohio and Kentucky. So it sounds like a similar situation. (laughs) It's a cross-state bridge. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, while some regions of the United States are seeing record amounts of snow and rain, see San Francisco, not so much in Europe, where an alarming number of weather records have been broken as extreme heat is spread across the continent. So on New Year's Day, at least eight European countries recorded their warmest January day ever, including Liechtenstein, the Czech Republic, Poland, the Netherlands, and Denmark, just to name a few. Now, the driving force behind the exceptional heat was a warm air mass from the west coast of Africa, which moved across Europe, bringing unseasonably warm conditions, according to the UK Weather Office. While meteorologists say it's too early to confidently attribute this extreme heat to climate change, scientists have warned that extreme weather events are becoming more frequent and more intense. Well, beginning Wednesday, the Multnomah County Animal Services will put a pause on taking in stray pets until January 11th, something county officials said they've never had to do before. Right now, we are in a true crisis moment, said Marion Cannell, Animal Service Operations Manager. She said at one point Wednesday, all 85 of the shelter's kennels were occupied. Now, shelter staff will use this time to move forward with plans to bring back in-person adoptions beginning January 11th. And Aaron Grayhack, Director of Animal Services, said their short staff team will take the next week to catch up on logistics like scheduling and get to things that had to be ignored in order to focus on caring for the number of animals coming in. On Dece- in December of last year, just last month, basically, Canell right. said the county took in 479 pets. Ooh. That compared to 298 pets in December 2021. She said December is always a bad month with animals scared by New Year's Eve fireworks. I had no idea. Even 298 yeah. seems like a lot of animals going in. They have got to you know, really keep turning animals over. So if you're thinking about adoption, if you have Mm -hmm. been thinking about it, well, this might be a good time to get ready for that. We adopted a pet many years ago, a greyhound. Did you really? Yes, Cubby. What a sweet dog. I didn't even know you had a greyhound. Yeah. All you ever talk about was Benny, Benny your beagle. Yeah, well, before Benny the beagle was Cubby the greyhound. Cubby the greyhound. What? She was so sweet. And yeah. she was she was a race dog. And, of okay. course, they have to, once they were done racing, at a young age, really. I think they only race past two years of age. But, yeah, so Cubby was a sweetheart. Oh, Lo- wow. Loved Cubby the greyhound. In sports, University of Portland women's basketball forward Alex Fowler been named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Pilots play tonight at the Child Center, 6 o'clock tip-off. That game's going to be televised on the CW. Portland Trailblazers' three-game road trip started with, well, a thud, losing last night at Minnesota, 113-106. Cold night of offense for the Blazers, who shot an underwhelming 39% overall. Even worse from the three-point range, they only shot 9 of 29 from behind the arc. They'll get another go at it tomorrow night. They play at the Indiana Pacers. 
Well, Pope Francis said on January 4th in concluding his teaching series on discerning God's voice from among the other interior and exterior voices we hear, he said the voice of the Lord can always be recognized. It has a unique style. It is a voice that pacifies, encourages, and reassures us in difficulties. And then he repeated one forward phrase that is said in the gospel over and over. And the Pope himself repeated it a handful of times in his announcement. The gospel reminds us of this continually. Those four words, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. In fact, this phrase comes at us in scriptures 365 times. It was said to Mary and then to Joseph by an angel, to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, to the wise men at the birth of Christ, to the disciples at the transfiguration. So if you feel encouraged to have a motto for 2023, why not choose? Do not be afraid. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, coming up on January 19th at 7 p.m., it's Drinks with those Dominicans. Aquinas Hall at Holy Rosary Parish in Portland. Join Father Brian Mullady in the fireplace room of Aquinas Hall for a talk entitled The New Year of Grace. They ask you to please RSVP to the parish office. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, going to join us next. She talks Catholic New Year's resolutions right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Protestants often think that the difference in the Greek words for Peter's name, Petros, and the rock, Petra, in Matthew 16, 18, is evidence against Peter being the first pope. But does this objection deal the death blow that Protestants think it does? Nope, and here's why. First, even in the Greek of the New Testament called Koine Greek, scholars recognize that there's no difference in meaning. In the IVP Bible background commentary, Craig Keener affirms that these two terms were cognate terms that were used interchangeably by this period. This view is supported by the fact that John tells us in John 1.42 that the Aramaic equivalent of Petros is Cephas, which means rock. So why the difference? Gender. Petros is masculine and Petra is feminine. It makes perfect sense that a feminine noun would not be used for a masculine name. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at MaterDayRadio.com. 
842 at Mater Day Radio. Going to be uh, rainy, breezy today. We'll have a high of right around 52 degrees, and then pretty much the same for tonight, low of 43, and then rain likely for Friday, 70% chance with a high of 51. Currently, it is 50 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 54 degrees at St. Cyril's Church in Wilsonville. Well, just turning on your television and flipping through the channels, you might notice a whole lot of ads for gym memberships. Well, they know that many people are preparing to make, well, their New Year's resolutions. And for some, it might fall along the typical lose some weight, hit the gym more, maybe even eat a little bit better. But by the time February rolls around, well, a large percentage of those resolutions, they have been broken. So why not this year? Make a resolution, well, to get it a little bit closer to the Lord, and then, well, everything else will seem to just fall in place. Well, joining us today to talk a little bit about some Catholic New Year's resolutions, it is the host of Blazing the Trail and our good friend, Miriam Marston. Good morning. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Pat. It's great to be on with you all. Well, let me ask you, Mary, do you tend to make those resolutions like so many people like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And how well are you able to stick with those? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a little different every year. Um, I'm someone who I I remember once making a this was years ago, making a a resolution randomly on a Tuesday in August. (laughs) So sometimes (laughs) I like to change it up a little bit. Um, But yes, like many others, you know, we turn that page of the calendar year and we just feel kind of inspired to to start off on the right foot I think and uh so I I'm so glad we're talking about this cuz um you know I am looking at this for for the new calendar year um and it, you know I'm I'm thinking that really as we enter into 2023 our primary resolution should be a saint should to, should be to become a saint really and all of our resolutions should be ordered to that um, even the ones that are not maybe specifically spiritual or religious, um, they really should be all ordered to uh, this call to holiness that we each have. Um, so I I just had a couple things um, in mind. Should I go ahead and, and share those? What do you think? Oh, well, absolutely. But, you know, tell us, you say that's something very interesting, that all mm-hmm. of our resolutions should be to become saints. I think in our minds, though, we think of the saints as these perfect people whose lives, while virtuous, are difficult to follow. Is it difficult to be a saint in today's world, Miriam? Well, I I would say, you know, the definition of a saint, uh, it's someone who has that heroic virtue. Well, that that sounds like it's probably challenging at times to have a heroic virtue. Um, And that means getting up every time we fall. It means constantly, um, you know, turning turning away from our, our own plans for our lives and really constantly going back to God. And that takes real strength and courage and fortitude. And yeah, that can be tough in a world that says, you know, just do your own thing. <laughs> so I, yeah, I would say there's, there's definitely a challenge in that. Um, you know, I, I reference this document a lot that Pope Francis released back in 2018, which talks about the call for every single person to be a saint. But he talks about the saints next door. And he said, you know, we could be among so many saints right now. Like, this is something that can be um, just uh, lived out uh, in ordinary ways. We see that uh, so exquisitely in the work um, and the writings of St. Therese of Lisieux, who showed us the little way. Um, And Mother Teresa talked a lot about this. So, 
Yes, it sounds like a lofty calling, but of course it's it's possible. This is what we're called. Um, every single one of us is called to be a saint. For sure. Well, if you are just tuning in, our good friend Miriam Marson, host of the show, Blazing the Trail, that you listen to right here at Mater Day Radio. Joining us this morning, she's got a list of excellent ideas for Catholic New Year's resolutions. Well, let's start that list, Miriam, because I think many people just coming off of this Advent season, the celebration of Christmas, maybe they are feeling maybe a little closer to God. So it could be easier to pick up one of these resolutions. Kind of tell us what some ideas could be for 2023. Yeah, just a few things that came to mind. Uh, first, just a, um, and, and I, all of this is, I think, a lot of common sense too, but First, don't do all the things. Don't, don't do everything, um, because it can be easy to set ourselves up for failure if we commit to too much. Um, so we can't decide to, to pray every devotion or novena under the sun. There's just too many. And, and i got to say, Brenda, it's one of the things that's great about being a Catholic is there's so much to choose from, this whole treasury of, of prayer and devotion. Um, that's great. But I would say... Um, just discern and kind of pick maybe a couple of things and commit to staying the course and persevering to this or that spiritual practice or devotion. Um, and, and I know during the year of mercy, there was a group of us, we got into the habit of praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 p.m., and we'd at least do it on Fridays, um, going to an extra daily Mass a week or a regular holy hour. Again, none of this is terribly new. <laughs> These ideas have been around for centuries, um, pick a book for spiritual reading, not like a whole list, because then we'll never get started, right? But just start with one book um, and just go one at a time. And then committing to a work of mercy um, that, that we can stick to. Um, I know so many parishes, like I, I know my own, we have regular opportunities um, to serve the community, to serve the poor. Um, so go to your parish and see what can you regularly commit to um, to uh, participating in the works of mercy. So I say that. Um, I really wanted to mention the, um, the Bible in a Year and the Catechism in a Year by Father Mike Schmitz. I don't know if you've talked about it. You probably have. Um, your listeners might be familiar with Father Mike Schmitz and these two great um, uh, podcasts. Um, I did the Bible in a Year in 2021, Brenda, and mm-hmm. It was, it was wonderful to go through the Bible every single day, um, and I did it with some family members. Um, and uh, because of that success, he's launching the Catechism in a Year. So I am hoping to start that as well. So I would really recommend your listeners uh, to go check that out. We're talking 20, 25 minutes a day. Odds are we're already listening to the radio or a podcast or filling up the time somehow. So why not listen to the Catechism? Um, every day. And um, with all this said, I have to say, don't, don't do this alone. We're, we're a big church, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's, let's find some friends. So that inca- accountability is so important. I think in the catechism in a year, I'm in a Facebook group for that. And there's over 80,000 people in there. <laughs> so wow. it's amazing to see the community that builds up around a movement like this. And I'm not friends with 80,000 of those people, but just the sense that I'm not going through this resolution alone. And, and on that note, St. Faustina, I think, was the one who have, had a habit of picking a new patron saint every year. Yep. So I would say absolutely to, to do that. Um, let's turn to our, to our friends in Christ who are eager to journey with us um, 
And if we have a certain challenge or maybe a an, an intention on our heart or a petition or something, find a corresponding saint um, for that. And uh, I mean, if you're someone who loses your phone or your keys all the time, maybe it's the year for St. Anthony. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is an excellent choice. And you know, Miriam, when I read all of these different articles about New Year's resolutions, and the same advice would go towards Catholic New Year's resolutions, don't be hard on yourself if you fall short. It just means, well, you have a new opportunity to just pick it up again and keep on going. And I like the idea of what you said, Miriam. Don't tackle it all at one time. We 2023, it's 365 days, so definitely stretch it out. God bless. Thank you, Miriam. Bye. And it is 851 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we just heard that we surpassed 1,800 downloads of the Hail Mary Media app. You have yet to do so. Go to our website and click on the Hail Mary Media page. All the details there. You can have access to our exclusive audio, video, and text library. Tune in to live broadcasts of Mater Day Radio and even sign up for customized prayer reminders. So much there with the Hail Mary Media app. You can find it out again on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.54 in Mater Day Radio. Well, starting out today with about a 40% chance of rain. That'll increase to 80% later in the day. We'll have a high of 52 degrees. A little breezy again out there. Then breezy overnight tonight, a low of 43. For Friday, 70% chance of rain, high of 51. And then pretty much Saturday and Sunday, pretty much the same. Showers, highs right in the mid-40s, upper 40s, around 50 degrees. It is currently 50 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is the Vigil Project. Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Hark, the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to
That is the Vigil Project and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. Well, thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend on this Thursday morning. David and Brenda with you. We appreciate you tuning in. Look at that. Tomorrow's already Friday. Already Friday. And you know, just looking out the window here too, things look like they have calmed much down. Thankfully. So we're relieved for that too. Yeah, it so was blowing last night. You got a lot of branches to pick up in your yard today. So it looks like you got a little break in the weather to do that. Yeah. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on the morning blend for this Thursday show. We hope you have a very blessed afternoon.